Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Arseholics podcast on a uh, Thursday night with Mize. Hello, Mize. Hello, Raj. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't. I don't know. I don't know why I did that. And uh, and and Raja, yes, thank you. Um, yes, you got Mize and Raj uh, tonight. And uh, th- yeah, thanks as always for joining us. Always appreciate it. I always forget to say this, so I'm going to say it now. Please, could you like, subscribe? You don't have to like if you don't like it, but you know, we'd still really appreciate it if you subscribe. Um, if you want to share as well, all those things, please, please do. Uh, we really do appreciate it. And thanks also for a, a lot of people who, well, more people now who have been interacting with us on social media, etc., giving your comments about the pod and 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 whatever we covered on that pod, and 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 we 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 really enjoy the, your interaction. So, so thank you. Uh, and um, Aaron and sends his love to everyone. He is on a work social. I think in some other country. It's like, seriously. I think I don't. Is he even in the UK? He's in Shoreditch, mate. Obviously, it, it, it is very Shoreditchy that way. But he said it he was like traveling a... as well. Oh, did he? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I just I, I just assumed it was a Shoreditch picture. Yeah. So so Aaron and works for one of these really like funky firms who do really cool things like fly everyone out to. A random city for a, a summer social um for no reason yeah yeah for no reason and they have like a, a mario kart room in their office and stuff like this um, have you just so made that up or is that actually true? no i've been I've, oh I've, no I've way been. They've, they've literally they've got a, they've got a, a little room like for video games i think it's just called like the mario kart room they've also got a sauna next to it no way yeah oh mate i need it's to great. work for a startup fintech there you go young man's game <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> so we, we might have just we're just on the on the on the threshold. But anyway, enough of that. Uh for everyone who listened to our last episode, we talked uh we started reviewing the squad. Obviously it's it's season's finished now, it's time to reflect. We talked about strikers last time. It was quite good timing in the end because at that point Lacazette hadn't actually left for Leon, but but probably our conclusion on that pod would be it'd be really nice if he left on a free and went to Leon, which he did, which is fantastic. So uh, that was good. So there was nothing that we said that has come back to bite us in a silly way. But it was a good timing, as I said, because, you know, he has gone now and and we look forward to seeing how some of the things that we discussed on the pod transpire. Will we sign Gabriel Jesus? Will we sign any striker? Will we sign two strikers? It, you know, that'll be really interesting to see how that goes. And and since since that pod, Mize, I know you weren't on that, but there hasn't really been that much by way of transfer rumours pertaining to strikers, have there? I mean, the Jesus thing seems to be rumbling, but there's been nothing else, right? There was, um, no, the, to be honest, not really. There was mention of the Italian striker whose name has escaped me. Scamucci. We don't know. We actually have an Arsenal podcast. You know, we should really look at this. It's like something like Scamucci or something. I'm going to say I'm going to say Scamacca. Like okay, there you but go. But that's yeah, could be completely wrong. So apologies. Plays for Sassuolo. I actually read something. So I know I don't clearly don't even know the guy's name properly. But I did read a really interesting thread about him, uh, and it was it was effectively saying that this guy, you can't look too much into his underlying numbers. So his numbers don't necessarily paint him out to be this great goal scorer, but he's got loads and loads of very interesting technical qualities. And someone likened him. They really broke it down, and they basically said he's like he's like Giroud with pace. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. So, so there are, yeah, it's a really interesting qualities that he has about bringing others into play, about being on the half turn, being getting into really interesting body positions. They talk about his body positions a lot, like a bit being quite like an awkward sort of character, uh, but a very clever footballer. So, very, Um, a very different profile to the strikers that were sort of being linked well to Gabriel. Yeah. But you know what, mate? It would actually, when we talked on the last pod, we discussed how actually a really decent outcome would be perhaps if we if we did sign Gabriel Jesus and we sign another striker and, and if we if you think that you can't go out and sign a an 80 million pound target man as well as signing yeah. uh, Jesus it would be nice to have a second striker who who does give us different qualities yep. who might not actually be that expensive and maybe he's that guy maybe Hopefully. maybe that maybe it's that's been saying it for ages since Giroud left we need that guy off the bench a lot of the time a lot of games um last season anyway don't want to get into strikers again do we yeah no no, no <laughs> absolutely absolutely i see just finishing on the striker point there just just to, to close that off there was an interesting comment on Legrove, and i think Legrove said uh it's interesting effective said words to effect it's interesting to notice that all the top clubs over the last two seasons have gone for have tried to go for big center forwards like tall center forwards so like with harland and, and nunez potentially going to liverpool and obviously chelsea went in for lukaku last season mm. It's 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 seen as a you know real necessity if you're trying to beat a low block kind of thing. You you, you you're having a big man's really important. Anyway, you're right. We talked about strikers, and we're not talking about strikers today. Today we're talking about central midfielders because if you look across all our various positions, strikers is obviously a thing that we really need to address this summer, and it's kind of the the, the striker window. If I've been referring to it, but the other area that we can spend a good amount of time talking, which we want to do today is about central midfielders, because we do have central mid- midfielders in the squad, and but they, they, they're an interesting bunch. They vary in all kinds of different ages. You've got a bunch of them who are, who have been in the first team squad last season. You've got a couple of them who, who've been on loan and you've got a couple of young players as well. There's like a little group that, that have all sort of contributed in some way over the last year or so, but still, there is a big question mark as to whether we need to supplement our central midfield with not only body bodies stroke body, but it's just in additional characteristics. So we kind of wanted to get into all that today. So my think what we'll do, just like we do with strikers, let's not talk about what we might want yet. Let's talk about what we have. Hmm. And very clearly, right, my last season, there were four central midfielders who essentially established themselves as our main unit of four and 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 actually you could probably break that down into two and two very clearly Thomas Partey and Granit Xhaka established themselves as our main two central midfielders particularly as we worked our way through the season it was a case of if those two are fit those two play in central midfield as those two yeah and then although the beginning of the first half of the season your third central midfielder probably looked like it was Lekonga most of the time Second half, it seemed to be Elneny, but it was those four essentially, you know, that 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 made up the vast, the, the vast, vast, vast majority of minutes played in central midfield. Let's talk a little bit about Thomas Partey, Mize, because last season was a really important season for him, right? Because we all talked. Remember, we talked at the back end of last season. We we were sort of comparing him to Pepe in terms of potential disappointment versus expectations but how do you think overall he he performed this season I mean yeah I think he there were still points in last in during the season last season where 
I was getting quite frustrated with him. Um, and maybe, and I think I called that out a few times on the pod, kind of in post-match discussions, and maybe I was nitpicking a little bit because I think overall, when he was fit and he was in the team, and uh, yeah, when he when he was having a run of games, I think overall, I, I think the best way to sort of describe the kind of season he had is you you saw what we lost when he got injured. And it felt like the points that he got injured, uh, he was really kind of ramping up in terms of performances and having that run of games. Um, and that was the most frustrating thing for me about kind of Thomas Party last season. But I think he showed signs of why we spent so much money on him and why we mm. activated that release clause. And I think, like I say, he was just starting to show that consistently while he was fit and then the injury came and um that was that like i say that was the most frustrating thing and as soon as you took him out of the team um look elneny was a pretty decent deputy um when he came in but at the same time you do know what you get with with elneny and it is limited and i think when lokonga came in you definitely saw for those few games you definitely saw um it wasn't necessarily a drop in quality, but I think it's just a drop in everything you'd expect considering the age of Lukonga, you know, Lukonga's age, his level of experience compared to Thomas Partey. And this is the interesting thing, and I guess we'll come on to this, but this is where, you know, like this season, there'll be a lot more games where a player like Lukonga, assuming, you know, we, we keep him in the squad, which I think is probably a safe thing to assume. Um, it's the kind of season where, yeah, with the extra games compared to last season, he should get, it's not just getting the minutes for me with Lukonga. Um, it's also like when he got dropped into the team, it felt like it was very cold, if that makes sense. Like he got, it was, mm. it was, he was trying to fill a massive hole in central midfield in a key position. And it's almost like it was a bit of like a, a deer in the lights type, like deer in the headlights type of scenario where, um, I think like I think that he struggled just to just to fill that gap, and the expectation was a, probably a bit too big. Whereas this season, hopefully, with those Europa League games and him getting you know cut minutes, um, he can hopefully kind of build confidence back and almost build himself into the team, if that makes sense. Um, my other concern with Thomas Partey, like obviously, is now two seasons in a row we haven't really been able to rely on him for the whole season or for you know thirty plus games um i don't know how many games he played last season but obviously he missed big quite big chunks right um yeah you know, you're probably going to tell me how many games he played last season i will <laughs> i will tell you how many games this season so in terms of minutes he was he was less than jacker overall but it wasn't a it wasn't it wasn't huge hugely fundamental mm. so thomas party played played 2100 minutes and and um and played 26 times okay so that uh, yeah as a starter or as a sub he, he played 26 games Xhaka played 30 games okay. by contrast Xhaka probably missed games through suspension I'm guessing as well yeah <laughs> yeah I think Partey probably did as well if you remember he, he gets sent off against Liverpool oh did he I can't I honestly can't remember now okay do you remember when he got back off the plane from oh yeah, 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 yeah. just yeah. got sent got off, off. Yeah. yeah he rushed him back yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. so so yeah so like I said that that's kind of you know, yeah, like I said, that that's the that's one of the big concerns for me is he was signed as the kind of midfield, you know, midfield general type player, um, yeah. ready made, 
um, you know, all the experience that you probably want. The biggest most. central midfield signing we have made in many, many years. Yeah, yeah? absolutely. In terms of money, yeah, yeah. in terms of stature. Yeah. yeah, all of that. And, you know, it's really, that. that's the really kind of disappointing thing um, is just, can we, we're going into next season, I guess he's still technically not fit. I don't know if he went away in international duty or not. I have absolutely no idea, but um, he wasn't fit at the back end of last, uh, the season just finished. Assuming he's back for pre-season, fine but and he starts the season with us but you know can we rely on him and i think that opens up the question and the discussion around what do we do mm. if we if arteta and you know those the powers above kind of thing look at it and say well yeah we we know that we can't rely kind of like to kirantini we know that he's not going to be there the entire season um he's going to miss a chunk of games there's a good chance of that happening what what how do we address that and what do we do because even though elneny signed a new deal do we really want elneny playing 20 30 games next season i'm not sure that that is the solution or that is the that's the optimum kind of you know plan b as it were yeah yeah agreed just uh, circling back on thomas Partey specifically does it concern you that when we signed him, we signed him at a player yeah, at the peak of at the peak of his powers. It was a, a signing that Arteta hasn't really made so much yet in his his Arsenal career. He's not he hasn't often gone and just signed a player at the very peak of their powers at the at that sort of twenty eight age sort of bracket. Basically, you know, signing a here and now player that you're not having any sell on value in mind. None of that. It's all about impact right now. Does it concern you that? That really, I mean, he's going to be thirty in a few months, I think. And twenty nine someone... next week, I think. Is that right? I think so. I think I think he's he's either turning. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Sorry, I'm oh, yeah, thinking about a... Jacka actually. I'm okay. thinking about Jacka. Jacka's there. He's got a couple lots. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. Partey turns turns twenty nine. Um, does it concern you a little bit in this? You know, a lot of players these days, because of the way that players are in terms of their fitness. A lot of players who are, are aren't very injury prone, who 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 are you know very naturally fit, and who have kind of prepared etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, the right way during their careers, they are lasting so long, right? And age is it's kind of irrelevant now. Twenty eight was no, we used to we go back 10, 15 years, right? Everyone used to talk about twenty eight was the peak, and then you go down. Arsene Wenger famously doesn't offer players you know over thirty more than a year long contracts. Things have changed now. Mm. But at the same time, it does still feel like if you're a player who's quite injury prone, like I think Thomas Partey has proven himself to be, then approaching 30 suddenly gets a little bit scary for a central midfielder, I think. Does it concern you a little bit that we may have actually already seen the best of what Thomas Partey has to offer this Arsenal team? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that's the case. Um, I think, yeah, I don't I don't necessarily think that, because I think you could, you're still going to get a bit like you said, how many games did he play last Premier League games last season? Was it 26 or so games? Like he's played play the majority yeah. of the season. I'm guessing most of those, if not all of those appearances were as starts, right? Um, very rare that he yeah, would have so come 20, So 26, um, I, I, yeah, I, I, actually I can't break down the number. He was in the squad 28 times, uh, 26 appearances. I, I'm going to presume the vast majority yeah. like you say were, were as a starter. Yeah. So I think for next season and for future seasons, you'd like to think that you're still going to get a, a good amount of playing time from him. Mm. The, but the problem is, is that you want that player, you want that consistency, you want him to, because I think we are, the other thing with Thomas Partey is we kind of saw when like the injury, like basically 
like I said before, when he had a run in the team, that's when you started to see the very best of him. And there are games when you watch him, he can look a bit rusty is maybe the, is the, is the word that is mm. maybe best to describe some of his performances. Sometimes it's not really his performances, it's just moments during games where his passing can be really off. Um, and obviously he's the kind of player that does like to sort of try and not necessarily take on players, but well, yeah, probably does like to take on players and he does take a risk in central midfield sometimes. And when it's not coming off, it does expose you. And I think you saw, like I say, his form improve having had that run of games. So I wouldn't say I'm necessarily necessarily too worried about have we seen the best of him or not. My, like I say, my main concern is how do we address, how do we how do we kind of solve the problem? Like if we just say we're not going to have him for thirty percent of the season, what do we do? Because is Lakonga necessarily ready to take to step yeah. up? Are we going to go for? Are we saying we're happy with El Nenny? Because I personally wouldn't be all that happy with El Nenny playing like I say, 10, 20 Premier League games, whatever it is. And I think that come then I think that, and I know we're going to get into incomings, but or potential incomings in, in that, in that position. But then that raises the question of like a player, like, like Basuma, for example, you know, is that the kind of player that we should be looking at? But yeah, I don't want to jump the gun. And I know we're talking about a current. No, 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 well, I think whether it's current players or if it's new players, I think one of the things that can probably helps help us manage the Partey situation because I completely agree with some of the things that you said before. I think he's, for me, he is our best central midfielder. You know, still on on his day in particular, I think he's phenomenal. I think the things that he he does when he's really on song, they are another level compared to some of our other central midfield compared to all of our other central midfielders. It's the little the little kind of half turns, the 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 kind of ways in which he gets himself out of some situations, the passes that he makes, taking players out. Um, and, and yeah, just, he, he really can dominate at times. Um, and I wonder whether our solution for managing his fitness is the same as, as, as what we probably need to do with many areas of our squad is just rotate better. And last season we, we basically didn't do that partly because we had this small squad because there weren't that many games, you know, it was really Jacques Rampate when they're fit, they play, they play, they play, they play when they're fit, they play all the time. And you know, then we got to that Crystal Palace away game and that's when Partey got injured. And, you know, maybe that doesn't happen if we rotate better. Who knows? Yeah. But, you know, that, again, that is something that we probably have to resolve. Um, going to his midfield, the, the other guy who played, well, J- Granit Xhaka, he played the most minutes for Arsenal, um, partly because he, he managed to stay pretty fit, but also because arguably he's having his best football, um, you know, in his Arsenal career right now Arteta certainly got the best out of him and and continues to get better and better under under Arteta as as uh, the seasons have gone on how do you feel i mean I, you know do you agree with me do you agree with me that the last season was it was a strong season for Xhaka yeah i think i think we we're now you know five or so years in with granite Xhaka i think you know exactly what to expect i think he gives you um, he, as we've sort of repeated many, many times, right? He gives you um, a good run of solid performances and then there's always that kind of clangor, giving away a penalty, red cards, doing something stupid. And I think I think he's probably improved in that aspect slightly, but it's always going to be there. I think it's always going to be there. I don't, I don't know if you heard the interview he did. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the, yeah, I don't know who it was for actually, but um, that was very telling because he basically just said like, I'm just going to do it. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to play like that and I don't really give a shit. So 
fair enough. You know? um, and as long as the manager is going to keep playing him, then you've got to kind of accept that you're you're going to have that one in every ten or fifteen or twenty games. Um, but look, for a guy who who how many seasons was it ago now? Three years ago, maybe two, three years ago, with what happened against um, Palace, was it Palace? It was yeah. Palace, right? Yeah. You know, if you'd have said to any Arsenal fan, he'd be kind of still around and playing as many games as he's playing and um, still an integral part of the squad and the team uh, This uh, in 2022, um, we wouldn't have expected it. And we didn't expect it last summer during uh, the Euros when he was being linked to uh, Roma as well. Um, and he's now ended up signing a new deal. So so all in all, I think I'm, I'm more than happy with Xhaka being part of the team, part of the squad. And I think there's, there is, you know, you do hear... Um, a lot of players talk about what he brings, like how how much of a mentor he is, and you know, was one of the more experienced players. I think Tavares was saying, was did something? Was it Tavares? I, I might. Yeah, he did. He talks about against um, West Ham, wasn't it? Particularly, yeah. he gave an anecdote about that game about Shaka's ability to talk to to players and say the right things at the right right times. Yeah. Um. Uh, what, if we look forward to the to, to the coming season, I think one of the things that encourages me about Xhaka versus Partey situation is, firstly, Xhaka tends to, seems to be a lot more robust. He tends to get injured a lot, lot less. Yeah. But also his game isn't really a game which he's, you know, he's running all around the pitch. He's necessarily, maybe I'm doing him a bit of a disservice. I'm not saying that he doesn't work hard, but I think he also puts himself into situations where he's not, necessarily likely to get injured as much i think you know um and I, so i'm less you know i'm less concerned from a going forward perspective that jacques can uh, you know especially the type of role that he plays as well i saw i i guess what i'm saying is fitness wise i don't have concerns that he's going to get worse as a player mm-hmm. um over the next couple of seasons but it, it does it, you know it, it it raises an interesting question just more generally right around okay even though this has been Xhaka's best season arguably as an Arsenal player and seemingly that's part that's partly down to Arteta playing him in a position where he's slightly more forward than he has been in other stages of his Arsenal career so he, he's plays slightly higher up the pitch it means that yeah maybe he, he he has a lot more protection that way Partey gives him a, a lot more protection he's not being exposed as much uh, and that helps have it in your opinion Although that has been a system which has got the best out of Xhaka, do you think it's a system which we need to keep for next season? Or do we think that as a system it needs to evolve and maybe that won't be good for Xhaka? I think, oh, good question. Um, I I think it, like in my ideal um, like scenario or how I'd like next season to kind of play out, you know, we're, we're obviously being strong, we're strongly linked with Tiedemann's. It sounds like that's a deal that, you know, a play that we're very, very keen on. And look, if we make the assumption that he does come in, I think, I don't know how dramatic of a change this is. It probably is quite dramatic. But to say that potentially like Tielemans plays as a number eight type player um, alongside Thomas Partey, I'm not sure you necessarily have to change the system massively to kind of accommodate Tielemans. Um so therefore, but then what I would like, what basically what I would like to see is that rotate, as you mentioned, that rotation between those three players, those three central midfield players, um, as much as possible to kind of, yeah, almost protect Thomas Partey a little bit 
and to bring to to essentially not be not be relying on Granite Xhaka for the entire season because we said that quite a lot last season, right? We were like, as yeah. great as or as good as Xhaka has been playing, he's obviously playing because there's essentially no one else. Mm. Um, so for me, from sort of next season, I'm kind of looking at. I'm hoping that we almost bring in another player who you could argue is an upgrade on Xhaka, which automatically means that, yeah, Xhaka does get less minutes. Um, yeah. I mean, what, I don't know. What do you, what do you, what, how do you see it playing out? Cause system change is quite an interesting oh, yeah. one, isn't it? Because then do you talk about three in midfield and potentially, and then, then you're talking, then if, if we bring in a Tillemans, then it's, there's obviously the option of playing all three of them. Well, I just concur with what you said before about rotation <laughs> again, right? So I, I, I don't even think it's that. I think, yeah, you know what? There's a chance that we do have to change our system every now and again, or maybe, you know, if if Tielemans is in the team, maybe the roles change a bit. But I think overall, it doesn't really matter because I think we need to rotate and different systems will work better for di- against different teams and yeah. we need to have different options. So I personally think it's fine. I think that, we get i think a lot of arsenal fans get very fixated about oh well if we sign this player then who's going to start they do that a lot they do it in central defense a lot at the moment you know when people have been talking about saliba coming in the team they're like oh who's he coming in for right do you know what i mean and and you look at all these other teams who have got loads of center backs and loads of players because you just rotate and you have competition it's fine it's just a it's just a byproduct of of being in lots of competitions and having uh, having a squad so I don't, I, I don't necessarily mind, but I do, I do think that Arteta will probably have some questions that he'll be asking himself over the summer as to, you know, what are the best systems that he needs to play, and ultimately, Thomas, a, a byproduct of of Xhaka playing higher up the pitch is that Thomas Partey has to play further back down the pitch. I personally don't mind that because I don't think Thomas Partey really offers you much in the final third, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't mind that personally, but it will be interesting to see if. If whoever he brings in, Arteta, whoever Arteta does decide to bring in, um, you know, what what is his plan for that person specifically? Is it actually just another option or is he going to try and build around that person? That will be quite interesting to me. But yeah. but just just very briefly, the other two in that four, I think we can very quickly talk about El Nene. It doesn't require that much to, uh, conversation and I don't mean that in a bad way. We we talked we talked towards, uh, you know, at, at points during the season just gone about, you know, whether we'd like Elneny to stay. And particularly, we talked about him in a very positive way o- o- over the back end of the season. What I was surprised about, Mars, I don't know if this surprised you, but I I think it's probably because it was the back end of the season and he was playing a lot that it's in my mind. But actually, Lokonga still played more minutes for Arsenal than, than Elneny did last season. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's very strange. Like, And I think partly it's because at the beginning of the season, Lokonga was getting minutes. He was getting a fair amount of starts, etc. Um, But just talking about, El- again, LA a second. Look, we're in Europa League next season. It's another competition. He he He's someone that Arteta has worked with as a player, as well as, you know, um, you know when, when Arteta was a player and 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 now as a coach. Um, he obviously knows the squad. He knows the club. Uh, I'm talking about El Neni now. Was it a no-brainer giving him a little bit of an extension, mice given the Europa League competition that we're in this season? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, like, um, he's exactly what you said. He's a perfect kind of squad player for the extra games, as it were, that you don't want to kind of almost risk Thomas Party and Granit Xhaka in. Um, so yeah, I think it completely makes sense. And he's obviously not going to be on massive wages, I would assume. 
Um, and he seems like he's just very, very happy to be to fill that role in the squad. And he's not expecting to start every great game. He's not banging down on the manager's door saying, you know, oh, I played really well last week. You need to start me next week kind of thing. There's no, he doesn't have that expectation. I think he basically knows he's he's doing pretty well to be at Arsenal. Um, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? And it's almost like, yeah, just give me the contract. I'll sign it. I don't care what the number is. It's that type of thing. So... Because obviously, look, once he leaves Arsenal, where's he going to go? He's not, you know, realistically, I think he's been linked with teams in Turkey. So um, no disrespect, but I think he knows that this is probably the best club he's going to play for um, in his career. So, yeah, completely makes sense. It's a one-year deal with, an, I think it's an option to extend for another year. Probably that depends on if we get the Europa League again. I wouldn't be surprised if he's there on the last game of the season, <laughs> signing his contract in the press room, um, a second season in a row. So yeah, absolutely makes sense. And I think I think the thing that I really just don't like. So let, next season, <clears throat> I just like I say, I hope he's not. I, I, obviously, he won't be starting Premier League games if the first choice central midfielders are, are fit. I would I would be more than happy to see like an Elneny Lokonga central midfield for the first six Europa League games, assuming that they're fairly comfortable, right? And we don't need results in the last couple of games. Like that's what that's probably the midfield I'd want to see. Again, depending on who we bring in. And then you kind of have your like wildcard type player where and I'm guessing we're gonna go on to get onto this is like, you know, mm. maybe an Aziz or Patino, um, or maybe even a Maitland Niles, who knows what's gonna happen with him, but you know, another player. Um, that you use in those sorts of games. And that's kind of like where I want El Nenny to be. And that's the extent of his involvement next season. And he fills in when, when we, when we're down a player, essentially. Agree with you. I want to talk to you about Lokonga because, and I say that in a, in a very genuine way, because, and not just because I'm, you know, we're doing a podcast and I need to introduce a, a topic that way. I'm saying that because we, for most things that we talk about on this podcast, right? You and I, or whoever it is in our group that's on this pod, we've probably talked about it in some way in the pub or on WhatsApp. And to some extent, we are kind of covering ground that we have covered privately already. But partly because Lakonga didn't really play towards the back end of the, uh, of the season just gone, I feel like we haven't really discussed him that much. And and I'm so intrigued to get your thoughts as to where you see this going next season. So if we let's just do a very a quick recap, right? We signed him at the beginning of last season. Signed him from um, Anderlecht, uh, where he was club captain. Mm. And there was quite a lot of hype, actually, about him because Vincent Company was allegedly saying that this kid is outstanding, you know, one of the best central midfield talents that he's seen. He's hyped him up to Thierry Henry, like when Thierry Henry was involved with the Belgium side. There was a lot of buzz around this guy. And actually, a lot of the the, a lot of the the Arsenal pundits on on Twitter, the people who seem to actually you know know their football, talked about this guy in a very very high regard. So he started playing some games for Arsenal towards the, you know the beginning of last season. Actually, he showed a lot of technical proficiency. Like he showed, and we were we were really buoyed by it. But then basically, at some point, kind of came out the team. The top, the main two central midfielders established themselves. And you mentioned about how you know he was kind of put into deer in the headlights type situations towards the back end season. And I completely agree with that. And I've, I've always felt sorry for him reflecting on that, that, you know, he's kind of, he'd be coming in and we'd have changed formation as well that day. And he's playing as a lone central midfielder or something, you know, it would be really difficult circumstances, but, but what do you see for him wise next season? Because is it going to just be much the same? So will, do you see him just playing a similar sort of backup role or do you think someone his age, where there's still arguably some development kind of required and just, yeah, just recap, he's 22 years old, still young, mm-hmm. right? 
is there any chance you can see him going on loan somewhere or would you really like him to be a part of this Arsenal team? I would be very surprised if he went on loan next season considering the 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 yeah the, with the Europa League now added into our schedule. Um I think for me, like I didn't actually know he's 22. I actually thought he was a bit younger than that, which is quite interesting because um I would, so like, yeah, I think for me, I would like to keep him in the squad because I think we're just going to have so many games, ideally, and hopefully we're going to have so many games next season. We're probably going to have to call on him and probably going to have to call on El Elneny um, and a few other squad players. And I think it, it comes back to what I said before, right? Like he needs to get those games in the team. He needs to be playing and almost get, a. it's like kind of like getting a feel for, essentially playing matches without having the pressure of, oh, you're filling Thomas Partey's boots t- today and it's a Premier League game that we can't afford to drop any points in. And I'm not saying that Europa League games are easy or that, you know, um, we're, auto- we're, we're by default going to win them because we're not. But at the same time, you know, for those first six group games, we, we're we expected to probably win all of them and definitely expected to come, come out of the group. So there is, a, is, there's, there is an element of less pressure. And I'm kind of hoping that, he gets blooded in those games and obviously a few other cup games so that when we do call on him in the Premier League, he will feel like he's more ready. And I feel like when he came back in, when he came back in for certain games in the second half of the season due to injuries, and then he eventually got replaced by Elneny, I think for those games, he he was really low on confidence. And I just felt like he wasn't able to kind of show what he, he, he almost felt, I don't know, I had that feeling that like he was a bit restricted, like he was more scared of making a mistake. If, if you know what I mean, um, mm. and you don't really want that in a young player. And I think if you're if you're Lukonga, I think you could probably look at it as like you touch on the ages of the of the players, right? Of the of the of these central midfield players. So like, yeah, um, Partey sort of twenty nine next year, uh, next month. Um, I think you said Xhaka's going to be thirty pretty soon, and Elneny's going to be thirty pretty soon. And yeah. you sort of know Elneny's not going to be around for too long. And I think you look at central midfield at Arsenal, and yeah, like you say, everyone's kind of hyping him up. Um, he's come with a bit of a reputation, not a reputation as such, but yeah, somewhat of a reputation. And I think if you're Lokonga, you're probably looking at that whole situation and thinking there, maybe not next season, but maybe in a couple of seasons or two or three seasons, there's going to be like, an, there's going to be an opportunity for someone to step into one of those central midfield positions. Yeah. And it's not necessarily because of the play, the three kind of senior players are, you know, at the end of their careers or uh, like you say, you know, 29 is not 29 now is not 29 of kind of five or 10 years ago. Um, 29 is still very, very young, but you know, we, we eventually will need to kind of move on from Granite Xhaka. Um, and Thomas Partey's injury record is Thomas Partey's injury record. So there's definitely scope for an opportunity for him. And it's almost like if I was him, I'd probably be looking at it thinking like, if I can show what I can do in, you know, a hand well, more than a handful of games, you know, 15, 20 games this season, then that puts me in a pretty good stead for next season. And then maybe I'm then knocking on the door for kind of like a first, you know, first team starts. Um, if we end up signing two other central midfielders and he's pushed down the pecking order, then situation changes, obviously, and he might look at it and think, hang on a second, I'm I'm nowhere near the first team here. Um, and then, yeah, and that's why that's uh, you know the club might look at it like that and think a loan might be beneficial for him. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, and 
again, comes back to more games next season means that there'll be just more opportunities. So even if he hasn't had that many minutes this season, you'd hope he's going to get more. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think, so do you think, Wise, before we just go on to the, the rest of these players, so there's a couple of players on loan, there's a couple of you know young players touch on, etc. What's the magic number in terms of numbers, number of central midfielders that you think we need in the in the squad next season we so so let's just you know last season it was four basically mm. yeah let's let's forget the fact that mate maitland niles kind of was there at the beginning do you think that it's a case where we need five central midfielders six what is it it's definitely at least five i would say yeah. i would say the six could potentially be um like a young a younger player like a youth player who yeah, yeah gets that first team experience and 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 um you know is involved here and there um, it, it's a minimum of five, I would say. So I think we're definitely short at the moment. And obviously, look, it's, it's very, very obvious, right? From everything that everyone's saying or people are saying, we're, we're clearly in the market for a central midfielder, and not not for, not for a not for a you know a cheap deal, you know, not for like a Willian type, you know, um, temporary uh, free transfer. Sorry, and not for a, another Lukonga. It's for a ready-made player that comes in and pretty much is you know a first team starter. So. Obviously, it's an area that we all know that we're short in, and we lack quite a lot um, in that area. So, yeah, I think um, five five as a minimum. I don't know. Do you reckon six is? I mean, look, as a fan, I don't really care to be honest. If we get if we get six, I'm not going to complain, right? It's not. But you know, from a yeah, from a. Do you reckon six is realistic? Yeah, I I, I think what you said at the beginning is 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 really correct. I think that you could have six, but I think the six would have to be. And Miguel Patino, Aziz or yeah, Charlie Patino, yeah. who we, you know, we'll, we'll sort of touch on. And I don't think that it's like, I think we're going to bring someone in and, um, you know, it's, it's interesting, right? Because we talked about the age profile of that, the, of the main four with three of them sort of pushing on closing, closing in on 30, closing in. And you've got Lokonga who's young, but two central midfielders who were on loan last season are at really good ages. Lucas Torreira is 26, um, and Ainsley Maitland-Niles, I think he's like 23 or, or whatever, still, still, still a young guy. Um, I, look, I shouldn't get too fixated about ages, but, but point is two central midfielders who are actually in their, in their prime years, right. Who, who are out on like quickly on Lucas Torreira and, and Ainsley Maitland-Niles demise. It looks like, you know, Torreira was on loan at Fiorentina. Maitland-Niles was on loan at Roma for the second part of the season. Lucas Torreira at Fiorentina did seem to have a, a good season with Fiorentina. He, I think he got player of the month a couple of times at least. Yep. But it seems like Fiorentina are making sounds like they're not going to be signing him from Arsenal. And that's because they can't seem to agree terms with Arsenal. So maybe that's just hardballing at this point and it will sort itself out. Mm-hmm. But Maitland-Niles, um, interestingly, sort of went to Roma. At the beginning, he didn't seem to be going very well. Um, in fact, I think that uh, there was one Serie A paper who voted him the worst signing of the window you yeah. know across the league yeah and um and he was barely getting i think he started the first couple of games didn't really get much and in total over the over that second period of the season, second half of the season over his loan at roma he played 10 times it doesn't seem like that much but i guess in half a season you know maybe that's not so bad yeah. um interestingly apparently he never played in central midfield for any of those games interesting okay. uh yeah and and also roma have have made it clear that they are not going to be signing him yeah. apparently. So they, they don't want him. Although it seems like actually his contributions towards the back end of the season were, were actually much better than the beginning. And and actually it seems like, you know, it could be regarded as a decent loan spell. 
So in conclusion, these two players yeah. may not go to those clubs. Is there any future for either of those players at Arsenal? Uh, so Torreira, I would say 99% no. I'd say well, pretty much 100% no. I think, yeah, like you say, there's, there's it just the 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 deal with Fiorentina, uh, it, it's obviously it's obvi- obviously they want him, right? And um, he obviously wants to go, he wants to play for them um, and he doesn't want to play for Arsenal, it sounds like. So I can't really see, and it just doesn't really seem to be in Arteta's plans, even though we kind of, we all liked Torreira. Um, he obviously showed a lot of qualities and then he kind of, I think he got injured, came back under Emery, was sort of played out of position a bit and then just fell out of favour and, you know, whatever's happened's happened. But I just feel like it's almost like the ship sailed with him a little bit. Um, of course, like I would love to, I would kind of love to be, for him to be one of our central midfield options and to be a squad player this season. But I just, yeah, I just can't see. I don't think, any, I think everyone accepts that. No one even considers him an Arsenal player anymore. Like he lost his squad number, didn't he? Yeah. To Martinelli. So was it Martinelli? He's 11, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think no for him. What do you think? Mm. I agree with no. Uh, I don't think the squad number thing is interesting, isn't it? Because Saliba lost his squad number as well. Yeah, true. Uh, but, but, but I think it is more that it, it's, I don't want to put a South American stereotype, but quite often South American players, they don't necessarily settle that well. And they decide that they don't want to live in England, England and play football in England. And I think it. I think that might just be one of wow. that. That might partly be it as well. Um, he's gone. You know, he came from uh, Serie A and he's going back to Serie A and seems to be settling in pretty well at, in, in Serie A. And so maybe that's yeah. just it. And I think. And I think from an Arsenal perspective as well, right? He's obviously. I know that we're not great at getting money, like top money, for some of these players, um, but ultimately he should generate some funds, whatever that would be. Yeah. And I think that's pretty important for us this summer. Um, so I'm sure that. You know, I just can't see a w- I can't see a way back for him. I think Maitland Niles is a really interesting one. It's so frustrating, isn't it? Because it's just like just 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 be happy playing right back, and he'd be like <laughs> the perfect yeah. squad right back where he might get the odd game in central midfield or left back potentially or whatever. Like he he is such an ideal squad player. It's just he doesn't want to be a squad player, and that's fair enough. Like fair enough, I can understand. He's got higher ambitions. He thinks. You know he's gonna he's backing himself and that's fine he's backing himself and it's it's just frustrating because I think I'm you know, like I think you know if you're being quite objective about it does he get into many central midfields in the Premier League I'm not really sure uh, I don't think he does uh, no, I think he probably <clears throat> may, may have a shout for some of the bottom yeah teams. but then again so then it's almost yeah. like a bit of a an ego thing with him you know mm. like that whole thing that happened was it in the end of last summer's transfer window or the year yeah in the summer i think when he put that post up and stuff like yeah so you know i think it was the summer because do you remember he did that post and actually started in central midfield the next game uh, did he? yeah <laughs> right okay oh yeah yeah i remember i think it was a home yeah. game wasn't it? i think we were there yeah um yeah. so like for me i i there's because i think i think he's a player that arteta would probably love to have in the squad because of the reasons i've just said he's such a good utility player but it's just he doesn't want to be that player so i'm sure that they're going to try and find a move for him. And again, he would generate, you know, it's frustrating again, because I think we turned down some pretty good money for him a couple of years ago. Wolves, I think we're interested in. And I don't think a Wolves would be interested in in him anymore. And definitely not for the kind of money that we, we sort of lost out on. So that's a frustrating one again, but I, I personally just, I can't see, again, I just feel like it's sort of gone a bit too, like it's just gone on a bit too long and this, you know, he just wants something that he's not going to get with us. So therefore it just makes sense to, for him to leave. But 
Yeah. But what's that going to be, Mize, right? Because if Roma, you know, he's gone to Serie A and, okay, fine. Let's just, let's just say at best, you can say that he did okay there. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I, let's just assume, therefore, that Serie A teams aren't going to be going, I want Ainsley Maitland-Niles, right? Yeah. Where does he, where does he go from there then? Surely, you know, surely a better, could this be an eye-opening experience for him? And does he come back and go, do you know what? Maybe I should just be a backup right back and and send, and and kind of utility player for for a a big Premier League side who are playing some form of European football anyway. Um, you know, a team that is you, you could argue you know going in a good direction, a positive direction. Young squad. He's been part of the you know youth setup. I mean, I, I kind of feel unless someone can turn around to him, like you say, unless someone can turn around to him and go, "We're going to sign you, and you're going to be playing in central midfield." You're going to be starting for us in central midfield. Um, unless that happens, and I think we both agree that it's unlikely to happen at a half-decent English Premier League club, let, let's just say. Like, could it just be an eye-opener? And, and do you think if he does turn around to Arteta and go, do you know what, I'll play backup right back, do you think Arteta would say, yeah, wicked? Um, I, it's interesting with Arteta, right? Because there is this, that he does obviously seem to be like a no-nonsense manager and he just doesn't take shit from any players. And he, you know, he's obviously just kind of shaped the squad in that way, right? Where he's um, ousted players that he just doesn't want around. Um, but Maitland-Niles seems to kind of like be exempt. No, I wouldn't say he's exempt from that, but you know what I mean? Like he's obviously done that social media thing last transfer window and there's probably been other like, things that have happened, comments that have come out. He's made it very, very obvious what, like Maitland-Niles has made it very, 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 very obvious what he wants to do and where he wants to play. So I honestly, I don't know. I, 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 I think Arteta would probably be quite happy to keep him in the squad. Um, but I don't think he'd be able to give him any promises on where he's even going to get minutes. I mean, I think we've touched on this before, right? kind of the talk is Cedric is a is a very much a kind of coaches and managers like favorite a bit of a teacher's pet type player mm. um and if that's the case then is he even going to get ahead of Cedric when whenever Tommy Asu is injured or you know when we need to rest him or you know for those cup games so I'm not even sure he'd actually get the minutes but look I think if you just look at like when Maitland-Niles came into the squad and started playing games here and there for us and he mainly played in, in that right back position we were all really kind of, we were all like, wow, he's, he looks like a decent player. It wasn't like he was the next, you know, Fabregas in terms of his level, mm. but he was mm. very much a kind of a player that we were all like, okay, he's got something about him. He could potentially do really well at Arsenal. And it just kind of hasn't really worked out for him. And I don't know how many kind of second chances, as it were, you're really going to get. I could definitely, I mean, like you say, he's not, I don't think any manager is going to sign him and guarantee him a central midfield start, you know, you know, to start in central midfield, like any decent Premier League club. But maybe there's a Premier League club out there that he might kind of be open to move to where he's likely to get more starts, maybe not in central midfield, but um, yeah. And, and maybe just, you know, he just, it feels like also he just needs like, yeah, I think I kind of feel like he needs a bit of a fresh start somewhere. I don't know if like like, like an Everton or somewhere there might like a Frank Lampard might might. Why are you laughing? It's, it feels like you know it's right because whenever I think about a player and going for a fresh start, I always think of Everton. Yeah, yeah, yeah same. Yeah, yeah. it's just like a great <laughs> dumping ground. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. and they'd probably pay stupid money as well, which would be nice. So yeah, yeah. yeah look, I, I agree. I, I think it is uh, sad because I, I do think that a lot of things, if people could, if he could swallow his pride. 
It's probably a smart thing for him to do to stay at Arsenal, but I do think there's the Arteta factor, and Arteta does his, have, has his favourites and non and is, and um and you know it may be that things have happened behind the scenes, and and you know even though he let Maitland-Niles play that game after Maitland-Niles did that Instagram post, you know you've seen it with Tuchel as well when Tuchel did it with Lukaku immediately. Well, you need to sort of put out the fire a bit, right? You need to kind of say to everyone watching the club, "There's nothing to see here. We're all good." Mm. And like when Lukaku did that interview, Tuchel was like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll sort it out. Nothing to see here. It's fine." And 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 you know he was back in the squad very quickly. But I don't think Tuchel ever forgot, and he ever necessarily forgave. And you know maybe we saw that later on in the season when he just sort of stopped playing him at some point. Yeah. Um, and and I wonder if it was similar to Mate Lenars at the beginning. He goes, "Okay, you know, nothing to see here. Yeah, fine. He's an ambitious kid. Wants a chance. I'm going to give him a go." And then actually secretly he was like, "You know what?" piss off and and you know and i don't don't know anyway um right before we we get into um you know perhaps the sort of players that we might want to see come into arsenal and we you know touch about tournament do you think there's any any chance we can see any of the young kids come in so you know maybe to make a, a five or make a or make a six in 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 a squad of central midfielders the two academy players who have kind of been probably knocking on the door the most is Miguel Aziz, who who at the beginning of last season, I think went on loan to Portsmouth and it, it seemingly wasn't a great loan for him. And I think he got recalled. It was unclear as to whether he got recalled because the loan wasn't going so well or whether it was, you know, it was during that period that we had a midfield crisis. Yeah. Um, and he got recalled, came back. And then Charlie Patino was a slightly different story of this kind of super, super emerging talent. So he's the one that people have been talking about from the current crop crop of academy players as the you know as the super talent like the kind of Saka level sort of talent in the in the squad in the in the in the youth ranks and he kind of he got that Carlin Cup gay uh, um start did he or was it did he come on a sub I think he came on as a sub and he scored you know everything's everything's looking so great starts against Nottingham Forest I think it was right and um and that was a poor game for Arsenal generally but he, he definitely looked like someone who wasn't used to playing at that level yeah. Mais, what do you think about it next season? Then those two players are probably the the main two candidates out of the out of the the sort of youth players. Can you see either of them coming in and and getting more minutes next season? Yeah, I, I can. Again, because of the number of games that we've got, I could see one of them. I'm not sure which one exactly. I could see one of them being that like sixth midfielder. And if you're the sixth midfielder, you're not going to be getting um, you're not going to be getting much game time unless we have a you know, a couple of injuries at least. I think it's interesting yeah. with both of them because like you look at Patino and exactly what you saw, I was thinking exactly the same thing, right? That Forest game really kind of showed, you know, he's he's got a long way to go in terms of his development. And I think physically as well, you really sort of like, he's not a particularly he's big player and, down, and yeah. that that needs to come, right? That kind of physicality and he needs to kind of, kind of almost build out a bit physically. And I think, Kind of like with what happened with ESR, right? ESR had that loan at Huddersfield, was it? Yes. Um, which was a success, successful loan. And he kind of, you get that experience of, you know, lower leagues in, in, in England, toughens you up a little bit going up north, all of that kind of stuff. And I think a loan like that for a team that kind of plays the right way, because obviously Patino's just, you know, he's a he's a player that wants the ball um, and needs to be in a team that has the ball more often than not. If he, I think a loan like that would probably be really, really beneficial for him. And I think it's similar with Aziz. I mean, I've not, to be fair, I don't know as much about Aziz in terms of how he plays, but I think he's 
in terms of his size, he seems like he's more ready Premier yeah, League wise than, yeah, yeah, than yeah. Patino. But in terms of his style of play and stuff, I honestly don't know that much about him. But again, it feels like he would benefit from a good loan too. So it will be really, really interesting to see if they both, because I could see them both getting loans. I could see them both getting loans. But at the same time, there is always like, it's, a, it's quite a bit of a conundrum really, isn't it? Because as the manager, as our, you know, from Arteta's position, he's probably looking at it thinking, well, there's a chance that, you know, I could play Patino a few Europa League games and a few cup games. And that's really, really good experience, experience for him. Should I, should I keep him around? But really, I can't actually depend on, depend on him in a Premier League game if we do have, you know, if we have a bit of a crisis mid-season. I'm, I can't really afford to bring in Patino because he's just not ready. So, I could see both of them potentially going on loan, um, which I think I think would make complete sense. Um, but at the same time, six midfielders is sort of the number that we're we're talking about, and I could see one of them maybe being um, that sixth kind of wild card midfielder. Yeah, agree. So look, we both assume that 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 the main four, that core four from last season, are going to be there this season. And I think we both assume, correct if I'm wrong, I think we're on the same page that I think it'll be one additional player that comes in from, uh, that, that we sign into central midfield. Just before I conclude on that, do you think there's any chance, there's any chance that any of that other four, the main four, get sold so is there any chance that we get rid of Granite Xhaka for example I can't see it now personally I can't see it I think um, I think he's had his like redemption from what happened a couple of seasons ago and yeah like we touched on it right he's such he seems to be a very very important part of the dressing room he's obviously one of the leaders um, and I think yeah I, I can't unless like I, I I don't don't get me wrong. There's obviously a price. There's a price that we would take. There's there's you know if money was put on the table, I think we would take it. It's, but I just I'm not really sure. We're not actively looking to sell him. So yeah, I I I, yeah. I, I yeah. Personally, I think I think he, I think he'll stay. Fine. So in terms of the players that we've been linked to bring into the club, Yuri Tillman's been has been the the one that's got the most airtime by good sources. But before I get onto Yuri Tillman's. What kind of player might, would you like to see come into Arsenal? And I'm not. I'm talking about realistically, and I'm not even talking about necessarily. Um, it's, it's not. It doesn't even have to be a name. Mm. What type of central midfielder would you like to see us go sign? So, um, <laughs> um, I would love to. So it's so hard now because we've been linked with because we've been linked with Tillemans. You've almost kind of you almost you know you you kind of bring yourself to the idea of a player like that right it's kind of like with Gabriel Jesus as well um but I think I think if you assume Thomas Partey stays fit which you can't make that assumption but if, if he you know he's first choice the guy that you want alongside him I would I, I do think I would like I would like it to be a Tielemans type player i.e someone who's very very comfortable on the ball can transition the play from defence to midfield, defence to kind of the forward players quickly. Someone who's forward thinking can kind of pick out a pass, play through the lines. I'm, I'm kind of thinking of that kind of number eight type player. And I think the guy that we're missing in a lot of games is when our centre-backs, when our defenders have got the ball and then you've got Martin Erdegaard as the kind of link player to the the, the front three um, or the front, whoever's playing, you know, ahead of him essentially. I feel like sometimes we don't have that player that links 
those two parts of the pitch, if that makes sense. Or don't, you think, don't you think that's Partey? Would you not say that's Partey? It can be Thomas Partey. It can be, but I'm not sure. Like, I think if, in my, it's kind of like what you said before, in my ideal team, as it were, I could see Partey playing a more of a, more of a defensive role and more of a deep lying role. And then you have someone playing alongside him who could, yeah, like I say, transition the ball Just from back to front a lot quicker than what Granit Xhaka can basically do. There's a lot of qualities about Granit Xhaka that I, you know, we all really, really like, and he does bring a lot to the team. And when he's not in the team as well, you do notice it. You do notice it. But I think we've always said he's upgradable. Um, he's always been upgradable. And um, and I think that ball-playing player, as it were, um, is someone that, you know, some, yeah, but at the same time, not like so a ball playing player but someone that's also pretty combative basically uh, you know almost like an all-round central midfielder would be ideal for me um and it's Tielemans that player I'm not to be honest I'm not sure he is maybe he is but um that's that's one option that's one player I'd like to bring in and then I sort of touched on it before right we're kind of putting faith in Lukonga kind of coming good in a few seasons, assuming he hangs up, he, he stays with us, assuming, you know, whatever things work out. And hopefully that does happen. But I think there should be a question asked this summer about, like I, we said right at the start of this episode, this discussion about Thomas Party. And if we can't rely on him for the whole season, then what do we do about it? And it's a very, very difficult one because you can't necessarily say you just can't rely on a player because he could, he might, you know, like the nature of his injuries, he, he, he might be fine this season, but I, I feel like the, yeah, I feel like the nature of his injuries are kind of, they either, I think they're all quite, they're all muscular and they all mm. feel like from memory, I think they're quite similar in terms of it. You yeah. know, it seems to be, it seems to be basically like, like overplayed. Yeah. Like stuff. from yeah. overplaying or being overplayed. Now the rotation thing comes into that as well. And maybe that kind of solves the problem to a certain extent, but I said it before, if a Basuma is available, and I know you said not to name any names, but it's hard to not name any names when there are yeah, names yeah. Out, out there. If a Basuma, Feel free to name. Yeah, yeah. If a, Basuma, if a Basuma's out there, or available, sorry, which it sounds like he kind of is, um, I think he's he he would be an ideal player to come in. And then you've got Tielemans and Basuma, Party Xhaka. Like, put Elneny to the side for a second. He's just like your guy who you play in like the League Cup or stuff or whatever. But those four, that those four as a central midfield um, quartet is, I mean, I don't know. For me, that takes us from where we are now. That does elevate us a level a consi- considerably. Like, it elevates us a lot. And I think that also future proofs pr- future proofs your midfield in terms of the next three or four years, um, at least massively because of their because of their ages they're both kind of like Basuma and Tielemans are both what 25ish i think i'm guessing mm-hmm. here but i think they're around that kind of age but can you see that is that realistic do you see it's do you see realistic. a do you see a world do no you, okay. yeah i don't i'm sort of saying what would i like and then that kind of takes the pressure off lakonga it means lakonga can yeah maybe he gets alone or he kind of just bides bides his time and kind of you know waits to see what happens over the next couple of seasons um but for me like yeah i think they like i don't know they just seem like very, very obvious players to go and sign. And it's not just because we've been linked with them, but they they do feel like upgrades on what we've got now. And they do feel like they just complement, like they just complement what we've already got in central midfield and as well as improving it. And not for huge yeah. money either. Like, okay, yeah, it's probably 
20, 25 million for both of them, each of them. But, but as, it's as, not. Let's got some kind of off field yeah, issue that's does. been I think overshadowing some, it. Something, in, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, something going on that's not. There's resolved. some kind of case and allegation. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so for, for for me, two. So I suppose two questions for you, because from what you've said about kind of what we talked about about Thomas Partey, for example, and. Yuri Tillmans does not come in in any way to replace Thomas Partey. Like Yuri Tillmans is not the player that you're going to bring in if Partey's injured. You, you know you're not going to put uh, Tillmans in there to to, to cover him. Uh, do we arguably need a player that's more like Thomas Partey? Therefore, like, do we need a more? Do, do, if we bring in a central midfielder, do we actually need someone who's a bit more defensively minded than a Tillmans? I think you could potentially. Like, if Partey's injured, I think you could. Play Tielemans and Jacka together. Do you not? And play Jacka as a deeper yeah. player. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah, okay. I think it's quite interesting with Tielemans as well because, like, do you remember when Arteta signed for us? Right, when Arteta signed for us as a player, he came from Everton, and I could be wrong on this, but I felt I feel like he was a slightly more attacking midfielder. And then when he signed for us, he played as this like like quarterback type central midfielder, quite deep lying. Um, like the Xabi Alonso type role, picking up the ball off the centre backs and then spraying passes around and distributing the ball. And he didn't do a whole lot else, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I kind of feel like Tielemans could potentially fill that role too. Um, Interesting. Because I think his distribution, like that's one of his main qualities, right? His distribution is passing. I think he can play with pretty much with both feet. Um, and I could... I could see him filling that role in certain games. And then at the same time, like I said before, I can see him playing the more number eight role where he kind of plays ahead of, say, a Thomas Partey and he and he links, he gets the ball to the forwards. Like I was watching some of the highlights of the game he played the other day for, or might have been yesterday actually, for Holland, um, Belgium, sorry, against Poland. I want to say it was Poland. And, um, you know, look, YouTube clips and highlights are exactly that, right? But... The thing I noticed from from watching those clips was, yeah, he gets the ball and he passes it forward. He gets the ball, he plays through the lines. He gets the ball, he's comfortable kind of taking a couple of touches and then picking out a pass. And every pass or 90, 90 whatever percent of pass, majority of passes were forward. And I think, yeah, like I say, I think um, he could potentially fill fill both of those roles. And I can see, I can see why we're 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 obviously strongly linked with him. I think. The, the 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 slight worry is that defensive like I, he, I'm I'm not really sure he's the best in terms of recovery defensively kind of similar to Xhaka to be honest I think once you once you get past Xhaka and Xhaka's running back to track back and try and get back he's you know you, you normally you, he doesn't have a hope in hell and I'm not sure Tielemans is like the most athletic type player in that regard as well um, so that's maybe some that's maybe an area where you know, he might, he might struggle, but I think ultimately mate, like if you look at it like this, right, we're not shopping at the, we're not shopping at the top tier anymore. Right. You look at yeah, yeah, like Real Madrid, they're going and buying, is it Chuamani? I'm not probably saying his name wrong as well yeah, yeah. for 80 odd million quid. Right. And he he's a guy, I think he's like 22 years old. He's played less than a hundred. Like he's not played that many French league games and that's, they're dropping that kind of money on him. Um, we're not at that. We can't do that anymore. So if you're looking at the kinds of players that we could potentially attain, Tielemans, mate, you know it does it does make sense. There's a lot. You know, he's got he's got 50 caps, I think, for Belgium, Premier League experience, ready to go, Euro, Europa League experience. You know, 
Um, there's a lot of really, really positive things about him. I was looking at his stats as well. I don't know if you had a look at them, but he, I was quite surprised. So he's got last season, he played 32 games and he scored six goals, four assists, which is not great to be honest. I, I did expect the, the, the assists to be higher. And two of those goals were penalties as well. So he's not like prolific in goals or assists, but maybe that ties into <clears throat> kind of the role that he plays in the team. You know, he's just, he's, he's the transition player um, and gets the ball to the right people who do kind of go and do the the damage. Um, yeah. The other, the, the assist- yeah, I was going to say the other Gone. interesting yeah. stat was, um, did you see the stat? He gave, apparently he gave away four penalties last season, which is, oh, like, which really? is the top, the top for like other players I gave away three, that. three, but he gave away four penalties. So basically buying no another Brandon Xhaka. <laughs> oh no oh gosh okay well geez I don't, I don't know I really know what to say about that I mean <laughs> uh, you, you'd, you'd hope yeah you, you hope that's partly a system thing um I, I, I don't know let's just hope if because I, I I sort of agree that it's been very hard to think about um to not think about names and not think about Tielemans as someone who we're going to sign but that's the player that everyone keeps talking about so I've geared my, as an optimistic Arsenal fan, I've geared myself up to be thinking that's a good thing. Yeah. And I do think it would be a good thing, but I'm sort of with you. If he's the only one that comes in, I think I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure what it exactly it solves because my bigger concern is it looks like we're probably not going to sign an Odegaard backup or an Odegaard alternative. Okay. Um, and I think that's okay because because in the position that he plays, you know, if he's fit, he's going to play. He's he's like the heartbeat of the team. So you can't really uh, you can't really see Arsenal being a club who who are who are like you say with the top table kind of analogy and and you know where we are right now. You're not going to sign another fantastic player to like rotate as numbers. You're not going to do that. But for me, I do think that we need to find ways of of getting creativity from other players in central areas. And so one of my concerns a little bit is that if we sign a central midfielder, I'd really like them to be someone who is a creator, uh, someone who who is just an alternative to Odegaard in being able to create from so- those central areas. And, you know, it, it gives Odegaard, therefore, uh, it makes Odegaard better because at the moment people try and just shut off supply to Odegaard and, and maybe you can't do that if you've got someone else who can create. And your stat there that you said about Tielemans, I mean, four assists is not, yeah. it's not many assists. I mean, Alex Lacazette had more assists. So that would be a concern for me that he's not necessarily that alternative. He's not going to provide that that creativity. I mean, what do you think? Do you think that could be a system thing or, or does that yeah. not, or does it not concern you? It, I wouldn't say that it, I wouldn't say it massively concerns me because I, you have to take stats with a pinch of salt, right? Like I don't watch Leicester close enough to see kind of how important he is to the way that they play, but I could imagine he is pretty important. He's probably one of their best players. Um, so it doesn't like the stats don't massively concern me. I'm not looking at his stats for the last few seasons seeing, Oh my God, this guy hasn't scored that many goals or hasn't got that many assists. He must be rubbish. But um, at the same time, like it, I think I think you could look at Erdegaard's stats, for example, and you wouldn't say that they're particularly true, impressive, right? True. But when we watch him every week, we know how good he is. So, yeah, I think you take take the stats with a pinch of salt. Um, but like, like I say, I think I can, I can see, like, maybe I'm thinking about this the wrong way, but I can see where Tielemans fits in, like, if that makes sense. Like, I can feel I, I, I've got an idea, or I, I think I've got an idea, which piece of the jigsaw he 
feels, if that makes sense. So, and, and I can definitely see that kind of that player that's like I say, super comfortable on the ball, very, very um, wants the ball and wants to distribute the ball and wants to get the ball from back to front really quickly. And then you've got the guys ahead of him and ahead of Erdegaard that will go and do the damage. Do you know what I mean? And will go and get the goals and hopefully, you know, addition of a top level striker contributes to that massively and, and helps that massively and hopefully his you know his stats his stats and numbers do do go up I mean, look we're kind of talking as, as if we've already signed him and he's you know but we haven't yet, so <laughs> it will be look it will be interesting if we sign someone other than Tielemans but mainly because we've not we've not been linked with anyone outside of him he's he's been he's been the one but we have seen him Arsenal windows in the past where there's been someone and and then and then all of a sudden that's just you know Last season, it was Basuma. It was at the beginning of yeah. the summer. It was all about Basuma. We're signing Basuma. He even put some stuff on Instagram which suggested he was about to sign for someone. And, you know, none of that happened. So let's see. Still early in the window. Let's see. Um, my really good chat. I think central midfield is a really interesting area for us next season. And I think, uh, you know, it seems, I think the four of us are, are pretty... Yeah, sorry, four of us. I think the two of us are, are pretty clear on on the fact that 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 core four is still going to be there, and it's about supplementing them with at least one. But it would be would be great, and I agree with you. And I think it, I think it really you talk about you mentioned it being no brainer signings. A couple of them, you know, Tielemans and 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 Basuma. It, I agree with that, and it, you know, perhaps it is a case with Basuma that it's something to do with this um, with, with some allegations going on in the background. But there probably are a couple of Basuma equivalents you know, yeah. in the market, if you look in the Premier League, even last season. And it does feel to me that, like, I am worried about a party injury again, yeah, yeah. right? I, 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 I'm really, yeah. yeah, right. And I don't want next season to be an, a season of excuses again. Not, I'm not saying people made excuses. I meant us as fans, I had a lot of, oh, if only, if only, if only. So, you know, if only this player didn't get injured, whatever. I don't want that season, next season to be that kind of season because it doesn't have to be, right? Um, we will probably make some money from some sales this summer. Even if we didn't, if we don't, we've cleared out a whole bunch of money. I know that a whole bunch of wages. I know that, you know, at the top of the pitch is where we're trying to invest the money. And I think that's probably a good idea, right? You know, we, we all like strikers. Everyone likes strikers. The hardest bit in football is scoring goals. We need that. And I totally agree. Totally, totally agree with your point about not getting really into the stats so much because if we did have a really good striker next season, suddenly Odegaard's stats yeah. probably go through the roof. Saka's stats probably go through. Everyone's stats suddenly change yeah. when you've got, you know, for a number of reasons. So so maybe maybe that will be okay. But I don't know, as a fan who, who, who kind of just thinks that, you know, that we've, 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 we've been through a fair amount over a number of years and I feel we're close to, to being able to at least being a team that, that can achieve something decent. And by that, I mean, winning the Europa League, getting back in the top four. If those things are really decent things, getting, you know, getting back to winning FA Cups, I think like, you know, two central midfielders mm. who can rotate with this bunch and add some different qualities. Don't even, they have to break the bank for these players. I think that does make a difference, but Hey, yeah. um, you know, we shall see. All right, mate. Um, really good chat. Thanks everyone for, for listening. Um, this is a really enjoyable. I, I, I had a lot of fun talking about this today. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about next in our next episode. We may talk about some of the other positions. We may not because, because I think strikers and central midfielders were, were, were really good areas to talk about. Um, but we may start just looking towards next season and, and, you know, Mize, we've, we've, Mize and I and, and, and Aaron and, and Nero have talked about trying to get some, some 
guests on the show, etc. So maybe that will happen as well. So uh, I'll leave it there. Mice, thanks a lot. Cheers, man. Good to chat. Thanks for joining. Good chat. And everyone enjoy the rest of your weeks. Thanks, Cheers. Guys. Bye-bye.